looking through it and seeing God through that one perspective. And for us, that's been Sunday morning worship. And culturally, that's the way that we've been accustomed to and trained and taught to how to see God. But you know what, what I believe Fresh Expressions allows us to do is, is when we turn that diamond ever so slightly, we get a different perspective with a, with a different glimpse of who God is. And we can do that an infinite amount of times. And when we go out on a rugby field or in a backyard or in a house or in a nursing home, we, all, we get a different perspective of who God is. In my work as a pastor and pioneer of new things, I get to work with, coach, and learn from others, tilling soil, planting seeds, and praying for rain as we dig in and engage our communities for the mission of God. Join me as we share stories from the field in the Common Ground Podcast. This is the Common Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Jalad, cultivator of Fresh Expressions here in North Georgia and the Common Ground Network at Mount Pisgah United Methodist Church. I'm so excited to get to introduce to you today my friend and colleague on the Fresh Expressions U.S. team, Mitch Marcello. Mitch, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. You have such a great deal to offer us in what it means to be um, a church that fully engages this movement of Fresh Expressions. And um, and you bring a different... Um, just a different experience in the Fresh Expressions movement than I think our listeners have heard um, over these first several episodes in that you're not a pastor. Um, I would say you you really are a pastor in a lot of ways, but you're not a professional clergy person. So let me let me just uh, be clear there. So why don't you introduce yourself and, um, and tell everybody a little bit about your context? Hi, Heather. It's nice to be with you and, and with whoever is listening. Uh, I am uh, at First United Methodist Church, which is in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And as you said, I'm not a pastor. I'm the director of something called the Axe Network, which we created uh, five years ago. But I've been on staff with First Church for uh, the last, actually, I'm now in my ninth year on staff. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I, I served in uh, two churches before this, uh, primarily in campus ministry roles uh, and and some youth roles. And so uh, I originally was in community outreach with First Church, and now I've been building uh, what we know and what we talk about as fresh expressions uh, for the last five years and uh, helping First Church kind of shift into a different paradigm of what church is or what church could be uh, for this uh, changing world, as I think your listeners are probably familiar with. Um, the world is changing dramatically, even yeah. uh, more so, I think, now um, in the midst of a pandemic than um, perhaps it was even prior to that, or that we could recognize, right? I've heard this referred to as a, 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 a an apocalyptic time, and not in the sense that, um, you know, we're all going to have to leave the planet and um, go set up camp on Mars. But in that <laughs> in that um, in, apoc- in apocalyptic times, hidden things are revealed. And I think a lot of new things are being revealed to us that maybe we're we're there all the time, but perhaps right. hidden by the the pace of our everyday lives and the way that we live them um, prior to this point. So I think I've heard this story before, but I want our listeners to hear this. How did you get involved in the Fresh Expressions movement and like what precipitated you becoming this, serving in this role at um, First Church Williamsport? Yeah. Uh, So we, well, as you said, I'm not, I'm not professional clergy, but I worked 
for an organization called the CCO, a campus ministry organization. Uh, and so I've been in full-time vocational ministry for some time now. Um, holy smoke, 11 years. <laughs> and uh, uh, and it, uh, and I, just, I never felt the call to be a pastor, but I have felt the call to ministry. Um, and so preaching on a Sunday isn't necessarily something that I feel like I would be overly gifted in, um, but starting new things, uh, I certainly can do that. Uh, now, as far as uh, First Church's journey and, and starting Fresh Expressions and, and living into that, uh, you know, we there's a, a gentleman his name's Chris Sledge who was in seminary at at the time when I was still in the community outreach role, and he wanted to do a project in coordination with the church um, that would potentially utilize his work. And Chris Sledge is brilliant, uh, and he's a, a wonderful pastor now. Um, and it, he put together this idea of something called the Axe Network. And he, at the time, his he called it, it uh, the idea was not how do we reach a thousand people with one gathering of a thousand, but is it possible to reach a thousand people by a hundred gatherings of 10 people? Mm. Um, and so that concept uh, really captivated our imaginations at First Church and uh, in that idea of, of moving away from a traditional success model um, that we've grown accustomed to in North American Christianity uh, and moving into something that was more smaller, nimble, flexible. So that, that concept um, in, in, in combination with our realization that culture indeed was changing or is changing, mm. uh, that we needed to do something because we could see the writing on the wall just as much as the next person, um, that, that what we have been doing for decades now simply isn't working to uh, reach people with the message, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that was really the impetus of uh, the Axe Network, and I stepped into that role uh, not knowing anything, I would say, other than <laughs> other than really this desire to build small communities of people. And uh, it really wasn't until a year and a half, a year to year and a half later, that we really crossed paths with Fresh Expressions. Mm. And Fresh Expressions really taught us, um, gave us language that that helped me refine my thinking um as well as gave us um a com camaraderie nationally and mm -hmm. internationally knowing that we weren't alone in this endeavor um and so as we as i learned as we learned from fresh expressions there just became a natural partnership um where you know now we're able to share a little bit about what we're doing how we failed uh, what we've found has worked um, and with a larger context. Um, and as we continue to fail, as we continue to try new things, as we continue to uh, prayerfully, hopefully reach people with the gospel. Yeah. One of the things that I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people can wrap their minds around, um, you know, this whole, uh, the why for Fresh Expressions, right? Like you said, it, it is apparent and becoming even more so that they're that what we've been doing is not working at least to the same degree that it, it did at one time, that large gathering um, and reaching a thousand people at once versus a diversity of uh, 10 person groups or whatever. 
Um, but I think one of the one of the things that I get asked the most often is how like where did this start? Like how did you start? What did it look like? And I'm especially curious, not even necessarily having the the language um, and the uh, the culture and the kind of the process, I guess, of fresh expressions that we talk about so often in our trainings. Where did you start when you came to to Williamsport? Uh, with with the idea of fresh expressions in particular, yeah. Yeah. or mm-hmm. before we called it fresh expressions. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we started really with uh, the we used the term bright eyes, and so we talked. I talked to as many people one on one over um, a cup of coffee, over dinner, over a phone call. Um, I talked to as many people about this idea as I could. Um, and took as took a long time to talk to people about this. And when someone lit up, like when their eyes just kind of like brighten up when you talk about an idea, um, mm-hmm. that was someone that I I knew that I could talk more about it because they because maybe they felt the same stirrings in their heart that I did. Um, you know the you know I I I, I like to think that we can experience God. Um, it's kind of like looking through uh, a diamond is that we can, we've been accustomed to looking through it one angle mm-hmm. and looking through it and seeing God through that one perspective. And for us, that's been Sunday morning worship. And culturally, that's the way that we've been accustomed to and trained and taught to how to see God. But you know what, what I believe Fresh Expressions allows us to do is, is when we turn that diamond ever so slightly, we get a different perspective with a with a different glimpse of who God is. And we can do that an infinite amount of times. And when we go out on a rugby field or in a backyard or in a house or in a nursing home, we all, we get a different perspective of who God is. And as I had that conversation with people, some people are like, yeah, like, you know, I, I see that too. And I, and, you know, I'm excited to discover what that could look like also. Now, um, I would say that that was the beginning and for about six months. And I, I, I tell people this regularly, the first six months, nothing happened. Right. I mean, at least, at least it didn't seem like anything happened. Right. Um, because I didn't, let me, I'll be very clear. No group started. Mm-hmm. I, um, I mean, and not to be overly, I'm not, not for a pity party, but you know, I cried going to sleep a good amount of time. Heather. I've been there. Yeah, we've. All, it's okay to cry, y'all. <laughs> yeah, it is. And and so you know, and you can ask my wife how difficult of a season where I was struggling with. Am I? Was I really called to this? Yeah. Um. You know, maybe I'm not the right person to be doing this. Maybe this. Maybe I. I had it wrong. Um. A but lot to, of stuff. But to stuff. your point, I think that a lot of times, you know, because we've been looking through the diamond or the lens uh, at a at a particular angle for so long, we expect even when we 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 try the thing that we're trying to be faithful and obedient, you know, feeling like God's calling us to do that, um, and we don't get the same kind of um, return or outcomes that maybe or um, so many people talk about metrics. Um, those measurable things right off the bat where we, we, we start questioning ourselves. Right. right. And yeah. so it's almost like you have to push through that and continue to, to, to go back to God and say, is this what you want me to do? Is this what you want me to do? Is this, I, I think I'm hearing you properly, but you know. And yeah. And, and like that question, how do we measure faithfulness? Yeah. It's so difficult to measure that. And we attempt to do that through certain metrics and, 
you know, Michael Beck offers so many valuable thoughts around this conversation, and I would just validate his his teachings and um, around metrics and being able to ask yourself, well, what does it mean to be faithful? What does it mean to be obedient to what God has called called us to? Um, and I, I would to, to to answer or finally finish by answering um, your previous question. Uh, you know, Pastor Matt Lake, who's the lead pastor at First Church, he was I, while I was. Ma- doing all these individual conversations, he was doing a a sermon series on the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. He was kind of painting this picture in front of the entire congregation. So when I talked to individuals, it wasn't a completely foreign idea. And so it was really hitting it from these two angles. We talk about it from like a macro perspective and a micro perspective, you know? Um, And so, so, how did we start? It was really, you know, it was a dual effort that way also. So it was a a both and it was the big vision casting and the, to the larger congregation that is so important for what we call permission givers in the fresh expressions movement, but also the, those individual conversations that you were having um, to, to have those what if conversations and and to share that vision with people and looking for the the response that would lead you to believe that they could be a part of of that. So yeah. So what what like what was the uh, first experiment, if I could ask, and and how'd that go, and what did you learn? Uh, well, the first experiment was actually a hiking fresh expression. Um, and what did we learn? I learned a lot from that because it didn't go on very long. <laughs> um, fail fast and fail often right well yeah and i would say i mean i, I really yeah i mean and and you know that it's kind of it is a cliche but it's only a failure if you're not willing to learn from it amen yeah um and so it was a success is in that you know it lasted around five months um i learned a lot about what i needed to expect from leaders my you know i i needed to lay out clear expectations of what it meant to lead one of these communities um which you know when you're asking or painting a picture of this is that you know you're this person's going to be shepherding a group of 15 or 20 or 30 people um which is a real responsibility which i was <laughs> i did not lay that out mm-hmm. um you know uh so we learned that i also learned about you know we had I have a lot of connections with a lot of different churches. And so there was different church leadership from different different churches. And so I learned about tethering and what it meant to connect it to First Church in a meaningful way. And um, that both allowed for outside participation as well as people felt comfortable. Well, yes, well, this is still First Church. Um, and so I learned a lot about that process, about what what does it mean to create meaningful tethers uh, to create clear expectations and to communicate those in a way that is understandable um, and uh, and invitational to whoever you're putting in front of. Uh, but we also did connect with a good amount of people, um, and uh, and that was it was wonderful and um, it lasted for a season. And as you're well aware, some of these are here for a season. Yeah, and, and so, that's okay. It, that's okay because I mean, and that's getting you know. That's a that's a, a shift uh, in the paradigm um, in, in, in the institution, for sure. We feel like we have to uh, build a program and we might take a year to build that program. And then 
Um, we try it and it, it, by God, it better work. And we're going to make sure it works if it kills us. Right. And this is not that this is completely different. This is very, um, low cost, uh, low investment, I guess, uh, certainly financially, um, maybe not in, in time and prayer, um, as far as the initial investment, but, um, the uh, the ability to adapt or to change something over time by virtue of really paying attention to what God's doing uh, with the people in that particular uh, in that particular fresh expression or in the larger context, I think is really really uh, attractive as far as a, a fresh expression is concerned. And then and then being able to continuously reflect and say. Um, you know, is this, is this accomplishing what we set out for it to do? Is it, you know, moving through the process of forming a fresh expression, um, building community, forming, um, beginning to form and explore discipleship together. And if not, then like pull the plug and try something else. Right. And, and just to speak into that, I think, I mean, I think you're spot on with that. The, the, there's two things that I like to tell people or teach that I learned. And so kind of offer some of my learnings is one is, is kind of thinking of it like what a blacksmith does and with irons and the fire, uh, a blacksmith doesn't just take one iron and put it in and into that heat um, and then hope that it turns out the way that it's intended or that it, you know, that they would like it for it to turn out. What they do is they put many in and they check on them. They take it out and they look at it and they say, well, is that forming the way that that it needs to? And if it, if it is, they stick it back in and they turn up the heat. And if it's not forming the way, they take it out and they use it somewhere else um, and they use that material. And so that's a that's a really foreign concept for us, uh, because at your point, like you know, how often do we just take one iron turn the heat up as hot as we can yeah. and say, Real, I really hope that this turns out the way that we <laughs> want it to. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing that I've heard that's been helpful um, to others is that is that we start fresh expressions. We've gotten to the point here locally that when we do, we start them for seasons intentionally. And so we'll, like when we started the pajama factory, we said, we're going to do this for seven weeks. No more. That's good. We're going to be done. And when we when we when we're done with those seven weeks, we're going to step back and we're going to assess: Are we meeting new people? Are leaders being developed? Are people laughing? Is there joy mm. here? Um, it, it, like there are these different questions that. And if if the answer is no on those, we say, all right, we're going to be done, and we're in the leadership that's put this on. We're going to go somewhere else. I and, I like that metric of joy. Like <laughs> oh, there yeah. there's a metric. <laughs> Well, if you're not laughing, if you're not playing, mm-hmm. if, if you don't naturally want to be with the people that that you are yeah. around, I, you know, I, I then something is off. Mm-hmm. Like, and and it could be a num a, a, a it, it could be a number of things. But if you find yourself walking out of your life group and you're like, and you're just like, you know, I'm not going to call them, <laughs> like, you know, I would I would probably challenge you to be reflective about well. Well, I wonder why that is, because yeah. what people are desiring, what they need is they need to be in ministry with, you know, not necessarily serving to, um, but, you know, desire to be with the people that you're in ministry with. 
Um, so yeah, so there's there's different metrics like that are that are really helpful. Um, but the seasons, you know, starting something with the with the seasons involved or in mind is really helpful, and that's permission giving to start and stop something. Yeah. Um, you know, rather than it, this has to last for 42 years or else I'm a failure. Yeah, no, that's good. And I'm thinking as you're talking, um, you know, M- Michael uh, spoke to the, the, he spoke to the love aspect. You spoke to the joy aspect. If you don't love these people, then, uh, you know, what are you doing? Uh, but I, I would say the other, the other part of the, the experimentation and that, um, that, willingness to just kind of remove yourself from this has to succeed and and um and we're going to die doing this is over that whatever that period of time is whether it be 90 days or 7 weeks or, or however many months whatever um there's an opportunity to fall in love um <laughs> with those people and say you know i got into this because i i i felt called to do it and I, I i felt like this was the faithful thing to do and then falling in love in the process and saying how can we continue to do this so it's, yeah that's really good and i, I think that probably like, i'm just thinking that speaks to why when we when we talk to people about um connecting with the things that they naturally connect with hmm. a big part of that is because they would naturally have a heart for those people so if you find yourself on the mountain snowboarding you probably have a heart for people that snow because you understand um or if you if you understand the difficulties of what it means to be a teacher right now and your heart goes out to them or fill in the blank it's because there that that there's a love this ability to love those people rather than you know what is something i don't i don't rollerblade you know like and so like i don't understand that context and mm-hmm. so with someone that so yeah that's just made me think of that it's really that's really good that's helpful um so you you talk about the pajama factory and and for everybody else to know um you know everybody's like yes we're all living in our pajamas that sounds like a great idea but say a little bit about um the pajama factory and um and that's something that has been uh, quote unquote successful fresh expression of of first first church Williamsport. So say a little bit about that and how that got started. Yeah. So the pajama factory, what used to be a pajama factory, I believe it was back in the fifties or the forties, and it's an entire city block uh, large. Uh, so it's a large large building, and uh, ph- uh, philanthropist, uh, I believe that's the right. Uh uh, uh, is really trying to turn it or has turned it into an artist commune uh, where I think over 200 artists have their studios and residency there. And there's a coffee shop and a game store and knitting and uh, bi- a bicycle repair shop, a wood sh- a woodworking shop, a radio station, um, you know, just got fill in the blank. There's a lot and it continues to be built on. And so I would spend a lot of time there naturally. Um, and so I, I spent about two years there kind of listening, building relationships, doing woodworking uh, and and getting to know the people there. And uh, this idea of dinner church, which your the listeners may be familiar with, mm-hmm. um, you know, we I, 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 I was actually at the Fresh Expressions uh, 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 National Gathering to. Oh, man. So long. <laughs> <laughs> Forever ago. <laughs> yeah. So I was there and I was I was with Verlin and I a light bulb. It was a God inspired, mm. light. you know, this Holy Spirit said. So I, I knew the person that ran 
this big old space. And I knew the person and she also was a person at the time that ran the community kitchen there. And so I called her like um, I stepped out of Verlin's session, called called her and I said, I, I just had this idea. You know, we do this thing on Wednesday nights. It, it's all about feeding and building community and loving the neighborhood. What do you think? And uh, and, she, and she immediately said, I, I love it. And that was really like this. So, but it was just, it was two years. And so I, we started meeting, we had our meetings. Like we, I, I assembled a, a leadership team. We started meeting in the coffee shop and eventually Todd came over after listening to us for months. And he said, you know, a lot of Christians have come in this place and you're the first group that, uh, that I really can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, you're not trying to just put your name on everything. You're not just trying to, you know, make it all about you or make it all about your church. You just, I hear you every single week talking about how you just want to love the community. And that's what I want to do too. And he's not a believer and he'll tell you that he, but he's a, and he's a great guy. Uh, with that's an awesome- so good. So good, Mitch. I think people need to hear those things. Right. I mean, like what, what are, what are our motivations really? Um, this is not about getting people back to the, um, as my friend Brett calls it, mothership. This is this is about loving people where they are and building community where they are. And I think what I love about what you said also is you, this was not something that you created out of thin air that um, it was a matter of looking at what God had already put in your hand um, through a different lens that, or a different view, I guess you would say that Verlin afforded you, right? It was like, everything was already there. Everything right. was already in place. You had, you know, two years worth of engagement and relationships and everything else. If I walked in and said, Hey, Todd, or whatever the guy's name was, you know, let's, or whoever was, let's do this. Um, would be a whole different ball game than Mitch, who's been there for two years, engaging with the community and building relationships and just doing something you enjoyed. Right. Right. And yeah. And it gets the, it gets to that point that Michael made of love. I love that. place. Yeah. I really do. And, and the people there are absolutely fabulous. And, um, and so, so I really, it speaks to that and people know, you know, and so it's, it's, you know, even with considering fresh expressions and starting, the idea of it's so exciting. And but the also the idea of just dwelling. You know, at Jesus, God sent Jesus to dwell amongst us. Mm-hmm. And and are are you dwelling amongst people, yeah. just existing, uh, loving, just being there? And if you're if you're not, and you're at the idea is I'm going to go into a place and I'm going to start something here. I would I would really encourage you first and foremost go and dwell in and exist and it, I didn't know it was going to be 2 years I, you know before something really came about um but that's how long it took mm-hmm. um and I didn't necessarily have an agenda but it was just you know again listening to Verlin I was like why did I not think of this before you know but God knew what he was doing yeah yeah and I think to that point Mitch you know um you know I, I would say the the church of the the past the institution like people expect us to be sitting on our desks uh, <laughs> when they come by 
And, um, and to your point, I mean, man, there was some heavy lifting being done by the Holy Spirit just in you taking a woodworking class. So I hope everybody hears that for what it is. One of the things that I love that we do in, in Fresh Expressions is we do that, that 50-50 planner, right? Where it's like, when you think of the, the context of Jerusalem versus Antioch, right? Like, where are you spending your time? And, and how, how God might be, you know, um, calling you and working in some of the places that are outside of the, of the, um, the building of the church or even the work of the existing. Um, yeah. Heather, I, I, I can't affirm that enough. I, when I talk, I, I, you know, I get the opportunity to work with some groups or some individuals. And one of my questions for them is how often are you, be, are you at the church building? And I get some people that say, well, five days a week, eight until four or nine until three. Or, and so my one of my first challenges to them is, is, can you make that four days a week? And can one of your days a week be out in the community somewhere? Yeah. And, and it, um, it's amazing how difficult that can be. To your point, to, for the congregation and for the, the person, for the, whoever's in, doing that uh, in that position, it can be difficult, but uh, but I think you're right. Actually, you know, Pat, Matt encourages me not to work in the church office. Mm-hmm. He's like, Mitch, I don't want, he said to me recently, you know, throughout COVID, I haven't been able to go out in the community, right? I just simply can't. Right. And so he says, Mitch, I just don't want you to become too tame, you know? <laughs> you know, those 2 a.m. studies that you were doing, keep doing them. Find, like, you know, don't lose that. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm not a, a spring chicken anymore. Um, so it may get, get a little bit more difficult, uh, for me, but, but, you know, I really appreciate that, that push from him, that same advice that I give to people is that he's giving to me. He's like, you know, make sure that your ministry mindset is amongst the people where they are, um, and never get, you know, too, uh, too tame as it were. So, you know, obviously we're all kind of living into a, a whole different kind of reality and um, and what it looks like to fully inhabit the spaces um, that, that God has put us in, uh, whether it be our neighborhoods um, <clears throat> or those outdoor spaces in our communities that we're still able to, to some degree, um, you know, uh, have contact with other people outside of our own household um, or the digital space. So my question to you is where... Um, where are you kind of finding, we call common ground, where are you kind of connecting with people right now um, in some new ways? Uh, yeah, the, let's see. Um, well, one of the things that we were doing with with college students before college was done for the semester is that we had a virtual study hall, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And so I would just create a Zoom uh, meeting, a link, from three o'clock to five o'clock. Now I'm I'm studying my I'm doing my master master's right now, so it was be, I I naturally needed this anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gave me structure during a very ambiguous time. Um, and so we invited students, especially the international students on like coming colleges campus, um, as well as some of the Penn College students in our area to come and join us. And that was very successful. We got to meet new students. And I would just, everyone would mute themselves. We would catch up for a minute or two, mute, all study. Um, I would put on background like lo-fi, hip-hop, jazz, or whatever. Um, just Mitch back- has a good playlist. You need to ask Mitch for his. <laughs> but it was accountability. It was like built-in accountability for you guys. Yeah. 
So it was a natural way to connect. And we've actually, uh, you know, continued those connections now where we can get together with fires. And so some of the students have come over for, you know, like socially distanced bonfires and things like that. And so that's one way we've, we've done, you know, we've done what everyone else has done with zoom. Um, We've created, so there's this thing called Shinran Yoku, which is, it's also known as uh, nature uh, uh, bathing or forest bathing, but it's, uh, so we created, uh, this is, the concept is kind of like a, a virtual tour. So it's designed for people that can't leave their homes or won't leave their homes. And it's essentially a worship experience in nature with a forest guide, a pastor, who's a pastor, who takes you through these elements to connect one with nature and two with uh, your spiritual life um, and, and tying uh, Christianity, the gospel inside of that. So it's a half an hour video. We're putting the, in, uh, the, the finishing touches on it. But the, but the idea is that for people, especially in nursing homes or uh, hospitals, that we can offer this and connect with people that they can um, uh, really engage that uh, part because we, um, of who they are because we know studies around connecting with nature, even, uh, even that uh, hospital beds and hospital rooms that have um, uh, vision to, to nature, mm. uh, that it actually provides health and healing to people. So um, we, we're starting, we have a, a Church on the Mountain experience uh, launching August 29th in a, in a park. And so, uh, nice. and so uh, we're going out there rugby church um we've stayed connected and we would watch at the time we'd watch virtual rugby matches with each other um (laughs) but now now we we get together we can't we're not tackling but we're doing drills and exercises um basically conditioning as and inviting people into that experience yoga church has been great um we're uh and that's a backyard worship um, and so uh, really trying to empower our congregants to uh, reach out to their life groups or their neighborhoods mm-hmm. and create a network of backyard worship experiences. Um, so those are some of the ways that we've been really experimenting um, and during this time to connect with people, invite neighbors, um, invite people into these experiences. Mm-hmm. 